There is no nobility in poverty. They're selling, Mortimer. Well, that's ridiculous. You're talking with dangerously. You've got to spend it. Spend it all. Oh, it's only money. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Welcome back to Essentials, the financial primer show brought to you by the FinPipe Network. I'm your host, Jeffrey Williams, and coming down the pipeline this week, we're continuing our run of investment episodes with a look at initial public offerings, also known as an IPO. High-profile companies like Facebook, Dropbox, and Snap Inc. are just some of the numerous examples of businesses that have offered these buzzworthy investment opportunities in the past to much discussion. But while an IPO may seem like an exciting chance to get in on the ground floor of a great company, the reality is a lot more complex, and it's often not worthwhile for individual investors. But first, what is an IPO? An initial public offering, or an IPO, is a way for companies to raise money to fund or grow their businesses. While they can issue equity in the form of stocks or debt in the form of bonds throughout their life cycle, the IPO is the first time a company will sell its stock to people on the outside, which is why an IPO is often described as a company going public. Until then, it is privately held by its founders or private investors. Going public can mean access to a broader pool of capital, more level of prestige, and a higher profile. But the move also comes with more scrutiny. Disclosure demands are high and regulation of public companies is airtight. It's in fact risen so much since the Enron scandal of 2001 that some companies have chosen to stay private to avoid spending so much time on tasks unrelated to their core businesses. These rigid regulations are part of the reason that Elon Musk has been in the news recently as the billionaire wants to reprivatize Tesla. IPOs can also be expensive given the number of lawyers, underwriters, and investment bankers involved. As a result, entrepreneurs looking to raise capital for growth will often turn to alternatives such as non-traditional financing, debt loans, or private equity to avoid these problems. Now that we've looked at initial public offerings from the perspective of the companies, we can now look at IPOs from the other side and answer the question, why would an investor want to buy into one? When an IPO is offered, investors tend to get excited. Many have the feeling they can get in on the ground floor and become part of the story of a great company's life as a public entity. But, as John Horwood, Director of Wealth Management at Richardson GMP in Toronto notes, great companies often don't make great investments, and a brand you love doesn't necessarily translate into a good stock. It's also important to understand how an offering is being allocated among institutional and retail clients. Horwood states in his interview on Finpipe.com with Romina, from which this podcast is taken from, that, quote, It's a very specific group of investors that do IPOs. The vast majority of them are taken up by the major institutions, the pension funds. Those kinds of people are anywhere between 75 and 90% of the market for IPOs, end quote. Therefore, it's likely that a small retail or individual investor like you and I won't get a piece of the action until much later, if at all. Horwood continues, quote, The ground floor happens with venture capitalists five or ten years before. They're in the basement. The ground floor is the private equity guy who got in three or four years ago. Now you're a late-stage investor, and the reason why people get excited is because quite often there's a huge amount of selling and marketing that goes in with IPOs, end quote. So that means that for the average investor who may have heard or read about an IPO, the best strategy may just be to wait, given that the IPO tends to represent maximum valuation of a company, and in 6 or 12 months, the shares of that company will generally have traded down. Horwood states, quote, Really, IPOs represent an exit strategy for private equity and venture capital people who want to exit the stock. 
They probably held the stock for a number of years, they built it up to a viable business, and now they're looking to sell. And selling via an IPO is typically the highest price they can get, end quote. There may be cases, however, when buying an IPO does make sense, but generally speaking, it's best to hold off until the dust is settled. But, as we say at Finpipe when it comes to investing, your best bet will always be to do your own research on the company before you decide to buy. That's been our show for this week. If you're interested in learning more about this and other financial topics, head on over to finpipe.com, like our page on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening.